Chapter Three of My Reminiscences by Rabindranath Tagore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three, Within and Without. Luxury was a thing almost unknown in the days of my infancy. The standard of living was then, as a whole, much more simple than it is now. Apart from that, the children of our household were entirely free from the fuss of being too much looked after. The fact is that, while the process of looking after may be an occasional treat for the guardians, to the children it is always an unmitigated nuisance. We used to be under the rule of the servants. To save themselves trouble, they had almost suppressed our right of free movement. But the freedom of not being petted made up even for the harshness of this bondage for our minds were left clear of the toils of constant coddling pampering and dressing up our food had nothing to do with delicacies a list of our articles of clothing would only invite the modern boy's scorn on no pretext did we wear socks or shoes till we had passed our tenth year in the cold weather a second cotton tunic over the first one sufficed it never entered our heads to consider ourselves ill off for that reason it was only when old niamat the tailor would forget to put a pocket in one of our tunics that we complained for no boy as yet born so poor as not to have the wherewithal to stuff his pockets nor by a merciful dispensation of providence is there much difference between the wealth of boys of rich and poor parentage we used to have a pair of slippers each but not always where we had our feet our habit of kicking the slippers on ahead and catching them up again made them work none the less hard though effectually defeating at every step the reason of their being our elders were in every way at a great distance from us in their dress and food living and doing conversation and amusement we caught glimpses of these but they were beyond our reach elders have become cheap to modern children they are too readily accessible and so are all objects of desire nothing ever came so easily to us many a trivial thing was for us a rarity and we lived mostly in hope of attaining when we were old enough the things which the distant future held in trust for us the result was that what little we did get we enjoyed to the utmost from skin to core nothing was thrown away the modern child of a well-to-do family nibbles at only half the things he gets the greater part of his world is wasted on him our days were spent in the servants quarters in the southeast corner of the outer apartments one of our servants was Shyam, a dark chubby fellow with curly locks, hailing from a district of Kulna. He would put me in a selected spot and, tracing a chalk line around, warn me with a solemn face and uplifted finger of the perils of transgressing this ring. Whether the threatened danger was material or spiritual, I never fully understood. But a great fear used to possess me. I had read in the Ramayana of the tribulations of Sita for having left the ring drawn by Lakshman, so it was not possible for me to be sceptical of its potency. 
just below the window of this room was a tank with a flight of masonry steps leading down into the water on its west bank along the garden wall an immense banyan tree to the south a fringe of coconut palms ringed round as i was near this window i would spend the whole day peering through the drawn venetian shutters gazing and gazing on the scene as on a picture book from early morning our neighbors would drop in one by one to have their bath i knew the time for each one to arrive i was familiar with the peculiarities of each one's toilet one would stop up his ears with his fingers as he took his regulation number of dips after which he would depart another would not venture on a complete immersion but be content with only squeezing his wet towel repeatedly over his head the third would carefully drive the surface impurities away from him with a rapid play of his arms and then on a sudden impulse take his plunge there was one who jumped in from the top steps without any preliminaries at all another would walk slowly in step by step muttering his morning prayers the while one was always in a hurry hastening home as soon as he was through with his dip another was in no sort of hurry at all taking his bath leisurely followed with a good rub down and a change from wet bathing clothes into clean ones including a careful adjustment of the folds of his waistcloth ending with a turn or two in the outer footnote the men's portion of the house is the outer and the women's the inner End of footnote. garden and the gathering of flowers which he would finally saunter slowly homewards radiating the cool comfort of his refreshed body as he went this would go on till it was past noon then the bathing places would be deserted and become silent only the ducks remained paddling about after water snails or busy preening their feathers the live-long day when solitude thus reigned over the water my whole attention would be drawn to the shadows under the banyan tree some of its aerial roots creeping down along its trunk had formed a dark complication of coils at its base it seemed as if into this mysterious region the laws of the universe had not found entrance as if some old-world dreamland had escaped the divine vigilance and lingered on into the light of modern day whom i used to see there and what those beings did it is not possible to express in intelligible language it is about this banyan tree that i wrote later with tangled roots hanging down your branches o ancient banyan tree you stand still day and night like a ascetic at his penances do you ever remember the child whose fancy played with your shadows alas that banyan tree is no more nor the piece of water which served to mirror the majestic forest lord many of those who used to bathe there have also followed into oblivion the shade of the banyan tree and that boy grown older is counting the alternations of light and darkness which penetrate the complexities with which the roots he has thrown off on all sides have encircled him going out of the house was forbidden to us in fact we had not even the freedom of all its parts we perforce took our peeps at nature from behind the barriers beyond my reach 
there was this limitless thing called the outside of which flashes and sounds and scents used momentarily to come and touch me through its interstices it seemed to want to play with me through the bars with so many gestures but it was free and i was bound there was no way of meeting so the attraction was all the stronger the chalk line has been wiped away today but the confining ring is still there the distant is just as distant the outside is still beyond me and i am reminded of the poem i wrote on when i was older the tame bird was in a cage the free bird was in the forest they met when the time came it was a decree of fate the free bird cries o oh my love let us fly to wood the cage bird whispers come hither let us both live in the cage says the free bird among bars where is there room to spread one's wings alas cries the cage bird i should not know where to sit perched in the sky the parapets of our terraced roofs were higher than my head when i had grown taller when the tyranny of the servants had relaxed when the coming of a newly married bride into the house had achieved some recognition as a companion of her leisure then did sometimes i come up to the terrace in the middle of the day by that time everybody in the house would have finished their meal there would be an interval in the business of the household over the inner apartments would rest the quiet of the midday siesta the wet bathing clothes would be hanging over the parapets to dry the crows would be picking at the leavings thrown on the refuse heap at the corner of the yard in the solitude of that interval the caged bird would through the gaps in the parapet commune bell to bell with the free bird i would stand and gaze my glance first falls on the row of coconut trees on the further edge of our inner garden through these are seen the singhi's garden with its cluster of huts footnote these bustis or settlements consisting of tumble-down hovels existing side by side with palatial buildings are still one of the anomalies of calcutta end of footnote and tank and on the edge of the tank the dairy of our milkwoman tara still further on mixed up with the treetops the various shapes and different heights of the terraced roofs of calcutta flashing back the blazing whiteness of the midday sun stretch right away into the greyish blue of the eastern horizon and some of these far distant dwellings from which stand forth their roofed stairways leading up to the terrace look as if with uplifted finger and a wink they are hinting to me of the mysteries of their interiors like the beggar at the palace door who imagines impossible treasures to be held in the strong rooms close to him i can hardly tell of the wealth of play and freedom which these unknown dwellings seem to me crowded with from the farthest depth of the sky full of burning sunshine overhead the thin shrill cry of a kite reaches my ear and from the lane adjoining singhi's garden comes up past the house silent in their noonday slumber the sing-song of the bangle seller chai churi chai and my whole being would fly away from a work-a-day world my father hardly ever stayed at home 
he was constantly roaming about his rooms on the third story used to remain shut up i would pass my hand through the venetian shutters and thus opening the latch get the door open and spend the afternoon lying motionless on his sofa at the south end first of all it was a room always closed and then there was the stolen entry this gave it a deep flavour of mystery further the broad empty expanse of terrace to the south glowing in the rays of the sun would set me daydreaming there was yet another attraction the waterworks had just started in calcutta and in the first exuberance of its triumphant entry it did not stint even the indian quarters of their supply in that golden age of pipe water it used to flow even up to my father's third story rooms and turning on the shower tap i would indulge to my heart's content in an untimely bath not so much for the comfort of it as to give rein to my desire to do just as i fancied the alternation of the joy of liberty and the fear of being caught made that shower of municipal water send arrows of delight thrilling into me it was perhaps because the possibility of contact with the outside was so remote that the joy of it came to me so much more readily when material is in profusion the mind gets lazy and leaves everything to it forgetting that for a successful feast of joy its internal equipment counts for more than the external this is the chief lesson which his infant state has to teach to man there his possessions are few and trivial yet he needs no more for his happiness the world of play is spoiled for the unfortunate youngster who is burdened with an unlimited quantity of playthings to call our inner garden a garden is to say a deal too much its properties consisted of a citron tree a couple of plum trees of different varieties and a row of coconut trees in the centre was a paved circle the cracks of which various grasses and weeds had invaded and planted in them their victorious standards only those flowering plants which refused to die of neglect continued uncomplainingly to perform their respective duties without casting any aspersions on the gardener in the northern corner was a rice husking shed where the inmates of the inner apartments would occasionally foregather when household necessity demanded this last vestige of rural life has since owned defeat and slunk away ashamed and unnoticed none the less i suspect that adam's garden of eden could hardly have been better adorned than this one of ours for he and his paradise were alike naked they needed not to be furnished with material things it is only since his tasting of the fruit of the tree of knowledge until he can fully digest it that man's need of external furniture and embellishment persistently grows our inner garden was my paradise it was enough for me i well remember how in the early autumn dawn i would run through there as soon as i was awake a scent of dewy grass and foliage would rush to meet me and the morning with its cool fresh sunlight would peep out at me over the top of the eastern garden wall from below the trembling tassels of the coconut palms there is another piece of vacant land to the north of the house which to this day we call the golabari barn house 
the name shows that in some remote past this must have been the place where the year's store of grain used to be kept in a barn then as with brother and sister in infancy the likeness between town and country was visible all over now the family resemblance can hardly be traced this golabari would be my holiday haunt if i got the chance it would hardly be correct to say that i went there to play it was the place not play which drew me why this was so is difficult to tell perhaps it is being a deserted bit of wasteland lying in an out-of-the-way corner gave it its charm for me it was entirely outside the living quarters and bore no stamp of usefulness moreover it was as unadorned as it was useless for no one had ever planted anything there it was doubtless for these reasons that this desert spot offered no resistance to the free play of the boy's imagination whenever i got any loophole to evade the vigilance of my warders and could contrive to reach the golabari i felt i had a holiday indeed there was yet another place in our house which i have even not yet succeeded in finding out a little girl playmate of my own age called this the king's palace footnote corresponding to wonderland End of footnote. i have just been there she would sometimes tell me but somehow the propitious moment never turned up when she could take me along with her that was a wonderful place and its playthings were as wonderful as the games that were played there it seemed to me it must be somewhere very near perhaps in the first or second story the only thing was no one ever seemed to be able to get there how often have i asked my companion only tell me is it really inside the house or outside and she would always reply no no it is in this very house i would sit and wonder where then can it be don't i know all the rooms of the house who the king might be i never cared to inquire where his palace still remains undiscovered this much was clear the king's palace was within our house looking back on the childhood days the thing that recurs most often is the mystery which used to fill both life and world something undreamt of was lurking everywhere and the uppermost question every day was when oh when would we come across it it was as if nature held something in her closed hands and was smilingly asking us what do you think i have what was impossible for her to have was the thing we had no idea of well do i remember the custard apple seed which i had planted and kept in a corner of the south veranda and used to water each day the thought that the seed might possibly grow into a tree kept me in a great state of fluttering wonder custard apple seeds still have the habit of sprouting but no longer to the accompaniment of that feeling of wonder the fault is not in the custard apple but in the mind we had once stolen some rocks from an elder cousin's rockery and started a little rockery of our own the plants which we sowed in its interstices were cared for so excessively that it was only because of their vegetable nature that they managed to put up with it till their untimely death birds cannot recount the endless joy and wonder 
which this miniature mountain top held for us we had no doubt that this creation of ours would be a wonderful thing to our elders also the day that we sought to put this to the proof however the hillock in the corner of our room with all its rocks and all its vegetation vanished the knowledge that the schoolroom floor was not a proper foundation for the erection of a mountain was imparted so rudely and with such suddenness that it gave us a considerable shock the weight of stone of which the floor was relieved settled on our minds when we realized the gulf between our fancies and the will of our elders how intimately did the life of the world throb for us in those days earth water foliage and sky they all spoke to us and would not be disregarded how often we were struck by the poignant regret that we could see only the upper story of the earth and knew nothing of its inner story all our plannings was as to how we could pry beneath its dust-coloured cover if thought we we could drive in bamboo after bamboo one over other we might perhaps get in some sort of a touch with its inmost depths during the mark festival a series of wooden pillars used to be planted round the outer courtyard for supporting the chandeliers digging holes for these would begin on the first of mark the preparations for festivity are ever interesting to young folk but this digging had a special attraction for me though i had watched it done year after year and seen the hole grow bigger and bigger till the digger had completely disappeared inside and yet nothing extraordinary nothing worthy of the quest of a prince or knight had ever appeared yet every time i had the feeling that the lid being lifted off a chest of a mystery i felt that a little bit more digging would do it year after year passed but that bit never got done there was a pull at the curtain but it was not drawn the elders thought i can do whatever they please why do they rest content with such shallow delving if we young folk had the ordering of it the inmost mystery of the earth would no longer be allowed to remain smothered in its dust covering and the thought that behind every part of the vault of blue repose the mysteries of the sky would also spur on imaginings whenever pundit in illustration of some lesson in our bengali science prima told us that the blue sphere was not an enclosure how thunderstruck we were put ladder upon ladder said he and go on mounting away but you will never bump your head he must be sparing off his ladders i opined and questioned with rising inflection and what if he put more ladders and more and more when i realized it was fruitless multiplying ladders i remained dumbfounded pondering over the matter surely i concluded such an astounding piece of news must be known only to those who are the world's schoolmasters end of chapter 3 read by lambda